Okay, grab your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're going we're gonna to pray, and then we're going to have our, our, our vision update. I know it's Christmas, and you'll see why we're going to do this. A, this week is mission focus. So we actually do this every year before Mission Focus. We have a, a vision update where we look at what we did in ministry. Our financial calendar goes from April to March every year. And so in May, once the year is processed financially, in May we do a vision update and we, that's really the, the family business meeting. We look at what we did financially over the last year and so uh, you're, you're saying this is a vision update. I don't know how appropriate that is for, for Christmas. If you didn't get a handout, we just we got a, actually a communication chart that we wanted to give you so you know who to call for what area of ministry and then a place to, to take some notes. But uh, you can raise your hand and, and uh, the Connections team will hook you up. So, you know, why are we doing a vision update on Christmas? Well. I don't know about you, but I want to give Jesus what he wants for his birthday, <laughs> right? At Christmas, we, this is a time where we celebrate the first advent, the first coming, the promised coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let's look at his purpose in coming from Matthew chapter one. Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name, and Lord, we're trusting that you'll speak to us on Christmas morning. Lord, we wanna, we wanna please the king. We wanna be like the wise men, and we wanna bring uh, very thoughtful, very good gifts. Uh, Lord, first and foremost, help us to see that every day we make a decision to give ourselves to you afresh to, as, a, as individuals, but also as a people, that we would give ourselves to the mission that you've called us to. Lord, we wanna give you what you want. We wanna give you what you asked for. Uh, you know, it's like uh, Mitch was saying earlier, um, you know, giving people a thoughtful gift is, is it really is a, a precious thing uh, when it can really hit the heart of the receiver. And Lord, we wanna bless, we wanna please your heart. And so God, would you open and enlarge, increase our vision, make us kingdom workers, make us winners of souls, uh, disciplers of men and women, trainers of workers. Lord, help us to be full of faith, to send people to reproduce ministry all over the world for your glory. Lord Jesus, you deserve all the glory. So please, would you work in us mightily? That'll be good for us at the judgment seat of Christ, but it'll be more glory for you. God, we want, we want people bowing the knee and confessing with their tongue giving you the worship that's due your name at the judgment seat of Christ, not the final judgment. Lord, give us souls. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So, the promised coming of the Jewish Messiah, according to, you know, we're, we're, we're actually looking at Genesis on Sunday mornings, and what are we seeing so far? We're seeing uh, this promise from Genesis 3.15 of a redeemer who would crush you know, Satan's head, right? Destroy Satan's power over sinful fallen humanity. And we find out that that redeemer comes through Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and, and it's in that line, it's through the promised 
Messiah that the whole world, the nations of the world will be blessed. And uh, so he's not just the Jewish redeemer. He's not just the Messiah of the people, right? He's not just the Messiah of God's chosen people, but he's also our near kinsman. And he's able to redeem us out of the wages and the bondage of sin. And so uh, what, a, what an incredible, precious thing that God would be willing to send Jesus to live the life that we couldn't live, suffer God's wrath over our sin, not just suffer, but die for our sin, be buried, raised again on the third day, and then you and I have the opportunity in our lifetimes to believe on him, to call on a risen savior, be born again and be made part of his family, to be reconciled to the Father, to have a place in his family, to be a part of his kingdom, to be workers in his harvest. I mean, it's just, it's all a privilege. And so here it is, Matthew chapter one, verse 18. The first advent, here's the work that Jesus, Jesus came to do. The birth of Jesus was on this wise when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Privately, Okay, so here, an espoused husband, they are to be wed. He is now viewed legally as Mary's husband. They've not actually come together yet. Uh, The the marriage has not been finalized, solemnized, and consummated. Mary turns up pregnant. Joseph loves her. He doesn't want to see her stoned. He doesn't want to see harm come to her. He wants to put her away privately. Uh, She just... You know, Mary can disappear into another part of the country and live a life, and, and, um, and that's what's in his heart. Verse 20 says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? Well, because Jehovah saves. That's why you'll call his name Jesus. For he, here's the work that he comes to do, he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from the sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. Have you ever had a freaky dream? You can't top this one, okay? <laughs> so he did exactly what the angel of the Lord. Okay, so now there's, you know, we've, we've talked about this in our Genesis series, the angel of the Lord. Anytime you see that phrase in your Bible, that is a picture of, that is a representation of the pre-incarnate type, uh, the, the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. It's a theophany. God shows up. God manifests. And so when you see the angel of the Lord in your Bible, uh, that's Jesus, Right, God showing up before man, and the angel of the Lord in the Bible receives worship, speaks as God. Uh, we call these theophanies. God shows up and makes an appearance to man. Okay, you're like, well, okay, if this is, a, if this is Jesus talking to Joseph, he's already in the womb of Mary, how's that happen? Well, he's omnipresent, okay? In John chapter three, remember I'm talking to Nicodemus and he's talking about himself and, and uh, d- you know, describing himself as being in heaven. I mean, he's right there having a conversation with Nicodemus, but he describes himself as being in heaven at the same time. Well, how did Jesus do that? Well, because he's God, y'all. I mean, duh. I, mean, I, like, I can't tell you technically how he does it. 
because I'm not God. But anyway, so it's, you know, yeah, Jesus can be in a womb and speak to Joseph and be in heaven. I mean, he's God. So he took her to wife, verse 24, and knew her not. That's a polite King James English for sexual relations. They didn't consummate the marriage while she was pregnant with the Messiah. Right, he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he did what he was told. Right, Joseph called his name Jesus. Jesus came on a mission. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, he said what his mission was. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Again, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter nine, verse 12, when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. And there's a lot of sick people. Verse 13, but go ye and learn what thou meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus, as my near kinsman redeemer, came so that I would have the opportunity to hear the good news of what he did for me on a cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. Man, I was sick, dying, I was dead in sin. And he came and he saved me out of my sinful condition, he gave me new life, he gave me eternal life. I now have Christ himself as my life. I'm born again. My life will never be the same. I, the Bible describes me as being now a new creature in Christ. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. What was lost? Well, I was, I was lost in sin. I lost the image and the likeness of Christ. Christ came to call sinners to repentance. And as you study your Bible, you see that Jesus came to see sinners called from darkness and into God's light. That's why he came to see the image of God that was lost in a garden 6,000 years ago, restored in man. So I thank God for Jesus. I'm so grateful for his great love. I'm so grateful for his willingness to be my sacrifice. Do you have Jesus in your life? Do you really have Christ? Do you really have the living God in your heart and life? If you have him, right, if you know him, if you're in relationship with him, that will change the trajectory of the course of your life. See, if you've got him in your heart and life, I mean, if you don't, then the best thing that you could give Jesus at Christmas, you know, today, today we celebrate his advent, his coming, his birthday. The best thing you could give Jesus today is just your heart and life. In repentance of your sin, call on Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Humble yourself under his mighty hand. That's the best thing you could get. I mean, if you like, I don't know what to give God for, for his birthday. Give yourself, give your heart, submit, surrender your life. But now for the believer, if you know him, so I'm speaking to the church now, the wise men brought him gifts at his first coming. They brought him gifts. What'd they bring him? It's in every, it's in every uh, Christmas story, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yeah, okay. And uh, these are very precious gifts, right? Well, what did Jesus say that he wanted in light of his first coming? Now, I'm not saying that they didn't bring him what he wanted. Uh, they, they had to make their way to Egypt, didn't they? That cash came in handy, y'all, okay? They, they had traveling, traveling resources. 
What did Jesus say he wanted in light of his first coming? What does he want from us for his birthday? Well, I'll tell you what Jesus asked for for his birthday. He said, I want you to go and get the entire world for me. That's what he asked for. Look at Acts chapter one, verse eight. He says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Okay, so this is why our message today, I titled it, uh, can, can You See, right? The song goes, right, the Christmas song goes, do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? But Christian, can you? Can you see the call that comes with Christmas? We exist to be a people, a workforce for our King Jesus. We're supposed to be a people on a mission with a message. So will you see that? Will you see that call over your life and will you join with us? You can if you will. If you recognize who you are, what Christ paid to have you be a part of his family, what he paid to allow you to participate with him in seeking and saving, seeing the lost redeemed, you'll be excited to do it. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You're born again. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What an incredible job and message we have. I mean, I don't stand before God in my own righteousness. God's not gonna be pleased with me based on what I have done. I now stand in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's imputed to me through the cross of Calvary. I believed on it, Christ is my savior, he's my king, he's my Lord. And so now I have his life, his righteousness. That's good news. And so just like the Apostle Paul says, I see it, I get it, I'm all about it. I want to, I'm not, I'm not here to, uh, you know, look at 2 Corinthians 5 again. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. Why? It's already been done, right? They're already condemned in sin. I don't, I, what we have is good news. There's a way out. And we get to participate together to see everybody hear that story. So go back to the title page again. Do you, do you see what I see? Well, I had to change it to can because I needed three letters to make it look like an eye chart because Christmas is a time to be punny, okay? Get it? It's an eye chart. Can you see the call that God has? You know, if you gotta explain a joke, it's just <laughs> lame. But there it is. That's the best I could do. Can you see? The mission, can you see what the Bible is presenting? Because you're running short outside of it. If you don't see it, if you don't see your place in God's mission, you're missing out. You're missing out on your purpose, you're missing out. You were designed as a new creature in Christ to be all about Christ's mission. And if you're not, you are on some level miserable. To the extent you're not, that's the extent that you're, not func you're functioning outside of design parameters, and that's frustrating. 
So what are we gonna do? So help us God by his grace, we're gonna be part of contributing as a small, single, local church to get Jesus for his birthday, the entire planet. That's what I wanna get him. I wanna get him people from every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. Can a little church, can a small people in a hard place rock the nations for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? With all my heart, I believe it. I believe that we can. Jesus said, get me the world for my birthday, for my first coming. Go into all the world. Start where you're at and go to the uttermost. Well, then so help us God by his grace. That's exactly what we're gonna do, amen? Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I know it's Christmas, but we gotta get to work. You thought today was just a day off where you could open presents and eat a bunch of food and no, brothers, sisters, you gotta get pumped up about the mission. See, this week is mission focus. This week, we're gonna get our, we're gonna get our mind on the mission and the mission on our mind, okay? And uh, you need to see how you're gonna own it for yourself. You're gonna see how you're gonna own it with us. That's the objective this week. Um, we have not changed this sign in 10 years. We've had different versions of it. How long have we had this sign up? It was way before you came on staff. When? Seven years? Yeah. Pray, prepare, give, go. How are you owning the Great Commission? How are you earning Christ's, what Christ's request? This is what I want for my birthday. The planet. Not asking for much. <laughs> okay, what's your part in getting him what he wants? How are, you, how are you praying over that? How are you preparing to be a part of that? How are you planning? How are you giving? How are you structuring your life with your time, your talent, your, your resources? And then, how are you participating? Pray, prepare, right? Pray, plan, get full of faith. Give and then go. You wanna own it for yourself. Okay, so, we're a little local church, so help us God by his grace. We're gonna rock the nations for his glory. If he tarries in his second advent, so help us God by his grace, there will be people at the judgment seat of Christ who worship Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords because God used this local church. They will be from every tribe, every tongue, every people. So help us God by his grace, this local church is gonna rock the nations for the glory of Christ. Because we're gonna, we're not, brothers and sisters, we're not gonna waste our life, okay? We gotta be about the mission. We're gonna win people who are gonna go, and they're gonna win people, and they will go, and win people who will go, until every nation, every tribe, every tongue hears the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I say that, but let me just tell you what I really think. I don't think we'll have time. I don't think his second coming is gonna tarry that long. I think we're getting close to the second advent. And so we're, we're, we're realistically, you know, I think Christ could come back today, okay? So realistically, we're probably not gonna accomplish that objective. But until he returns, that's what I wanna aim at. Amen, does that make sense? I don't wanna waste time saying it's too late, let's just hunker down here and do the best we can with what we, no. Let's expand the kingdom. So here's the vision update. I am happy to report, I say this every time, there are no changes to the vision, mission and direction that we have as a local church ministry. Uh, so help me God, by his grace, there will never be a change because the word of God gives us that. 
Now, how we go after it, that's always gonna be changing. But in terms of the mission, vision, direction of, the, uh, of ministry, well, that, that's not gonna change. And I, I'll keep saying that because one of these days, if the Lord tarries, you'll throw dirt on me, you'll have a little service, and, and there'll, there'll, you know, there'll be other pastors leading this local church, and whenever they say, you know, we got a fresh vision, I want your immediate response to be, boom, boom. No, no, don't do that. You're, you gotta just, hey, pastor, you, you were trained better than that, all right? Okay, so let's break it down. Here it is. Everything that we're gonna look at here at first, this is all review. Uh, let's go ahead and bring up the next slide. We are a soul-winning, disciple-making, leadership-equipping, sending church. If you wanna get your head around what I just said, just go on our website and look at past vision updates. We've spent a lot of time on that subject, but that's who we are, that's what we do. Now, bring up the next slide. Here's the mission in a nutshell. Uh, God, when he put man on this earth, it, man was to be a multiplying factor, a multiplying force. From the beginning, in Genesis chapter one, he told Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Well, he says the same thing when he charges his church. You see it at the end of the Gospels, you see it in Acts chapter one, verse eight. What do I want for my birthday? What do I want for my first coming? Oh, I want the planet. Go get them for me, right? Every people, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. So we commonly call this the Great Commission. Christ commissions his disciples to win souls, to make disciples, and to see ministry multiply all over the earth. And so here it is, right? God's made you to be a multiplying force, okay? Every member of this local church then ought to feel that burden. It's my job as your pastor to make sure that you know you are designed by God to be a minister. It's not my job to do the work of the ministry, it's our job, we're co-laborers together. We're co-laborers together in the mission, the ministry that God has given us. You are to own that with the rest of this body. So we're to be fruitful, we're to, be, we're to multiply, and we're to replenish the earth. So you wanna aim at maturity. It's mature people that can multiply, right? You don't wanna just stay at a place where you're wearing diapers, you're crying, you're making a mess all the time. You wanna come into maturity so that you can be part of a multiplying force. That's why you need to be on the path to growth. Where are you at in learning the word of God for yourself and learning how to use it in the lives of people? God wants to use you to make a difference in the lives of people. Well, you need to be mature. Go ahead and bring up the next slide. And they're all gonna be like this, Tad. We'll just have to walk through them. As a local church, our strategy is to send proven, fruitful people, people who are trained up, who are proven ministry, to see them go with proven tools, right? We've got a discipleship philosophy, we've got a missions philosophy. We wanna send proven people with proven tools to prime locations. We wanna send them to key cities, right? Key places that are target-rich environments for us, okay? If we wanna reach the whole world, we gotta then start with population centers. And so what we wanna do is take who we are and what we're doing here and transplant that all over the world. We wanna see disciple-making ministries multiply all over the world, and so we're gonna trust the Lord to do that in places like Boston and Tampa, Lee Summit, uh, that's, a key, that's a key place, right? Uh, Golden, Colorado, Laramie, Nairobi. Man, praise the Lord. Saigon, 
Oh, speaking of Saigon, Yumi is with us. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yumi, can you stand up so that everybody can see who you are? Just kind of turn around. This is Yumi. Turn all the way around so everybody can see you. Yeah, this is Yumi. Yumi, how long were you with us uh, before you had to go back home? No, this time, but before. You lived here for a while as a student. How many years were you here? Two years. We just had Yumi here for two years, and we followed her home, and uh, praise the Lord, you know, and now, Lord willing, this next year we're sending a team uh, to join with Yumi and Mankit. Mankit, we wanted Mankit to come. He couldn't make it. Uh, the visa didn't work out for him. I'm sorry, Nam. Mankit is here already. Yeah. Sorry, Nam. Sorry, Mankit. Nam couldn't come to us, so we're sending Mankit to you. Okay, so. Uh, man, praise the Lord. So yeah, Yumi will be w- with us over Focus for the next two weeks. Man, praise the Lord. So if you haven't met Yumi, you want to do that. If you know Yumi, make sure you squeeze her neck before you, before you uh, miss out the, over these two weeks. Okay, go ahead and bring up the next slide. If we're going to get the planet, that is beyond our capacity. And so I just have to take a moment to call everyone to the prayer meeting. Um, what we do on Tuesday nights, whenever I show these pictures of the Tuesday night prayer meeting, we're never praying. Uh, it's because the only time I ever think to take a picture is when we're singing. <laughs> when we're praying, I, just, I don't know why, I never, never think to, but that's actually the prayer, that's legitimately the prayer meeting. Uh, we were running out of room on Tuesday nights. It's one of the reasons we opened up the balcony is so that we'd have room in our midweek prayer meeting. Tuesday nights is when we come together and we ask the Lord for the impossible things, the things that we can't do in our ability how many people know somebody that, that's outside of Christ and it just seems like there's no hope? Like they just don't care, it just seems hopeless. And no matter what you say, no matter what you do, they're not gonna get it. Okay, somebody used to say, think the same thing about you. But people were praying and God got your attention and he cleaned your clock, didn't he? Okay, we, man, this world, did you know that that the reports are coming in now and, and, it's, and what everybody was guessing we're finding out is actually the case. Church attendance over the last two and a half years with this whole COVID debacle, church attendance has gone down by, the official number is by 45%. We're not winning, okay? We're losing ground, we're losing territory. We're the people that are gonna get full of faith and say, so help me God by his grace, he's gonna use us and make a difference for his glory that the lost will be convicted over their need, over their sin and their need of a savior. And then God, so help us God, by his grace he's gonna use us. We need, an empo- we need to be an empowered people doing the work that God called us to. It's gotta be, a, there's a supernatural component that has to take place. Ye have not because ye ask not. Brothers and sisters, unless you're providentially hindered, we need you on Tuesday night. If we can take that whole hour and a half just to get on the same page, and make one kingdom request, we can do it in 30 seconds, but if we're all in agreement, if we're all seeing, if we're all calling on the Lord together for the reality of his word over our life, we'll have what we ask. We need God to do what only he can do in and through us, otherwise we're playing at it, we're just holding services, we're going through the motions, we're playing Christian, and we're just wasting our time. 
I don't want to waste my life. I want God to use me for his glory. I don't want you to waste your life. I want God to use you for his glory. I want you to have fruit at the judgment seat of Christ. And the only way that's going to happen is not because you're going to get awesome and you're going to get all revved up and you're going to go do something because you're the man or you're the woman. No. At some point, we've got to humble ourselves under God and say, God, you see the work. The planet? Are you kidding? We can't do it. But we know you can do anything. You can work in and through us as your people. Brothers and sisters, is this making sense? Yes, sir. We got too many powerless churches full of just dead preachers preaching dead sermons to dead people. There's no life, there's no power in the church. Unless you're providentially hindered, we need you on Tuesday nights because that's when the church comes together to pray. If you can't make it on Tuesday nights, the staff prayer meeting on Wednesdays is open to anyone. That's from 11 to 12. We try to follow that as strictly as we can. Sometimes there's some visiting up front, but, uh, but uh, we pray and uh, we pray as a staff. We pray for you and uh, we'd love to have you uh, join us if you can't make it on Tuesday nights. Go ahead and bring up the next slide. So let's look at the ministry report. Uh, here it is, the, the official numbers, uh, uh, Lori got them to me this last week. And so in terms of this foundation one, we used to call that discipleship one. Uh, foundations one, uh, go ahead and bring up the stats here. We had 198 people discipling 131 disciples, right? Uh, so that's ni- 79 disciplers and 24 apprentice, apprentices. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. That's 198. I don't have the breakdown on disciplers and apprentices. We just have 200 people engaged in making disciples over this last year. But they discipled 131 people. And that leaves us with an overflow. We have 79 disciples and 24 apprentices that aren't discipling anybody right now currently. So in other words, there's capacity to disciple more people. And if you're in a place where you know you're a disciple maker and you've kind of been out of it for a while, make sure you contact your fellowship leader and say, hey, I'm available to disciple. And if your fellowship leader says, "Uh, no you're not. Okay, figure out what went wrong, get that rectified, because brothers, sisters, we need to make disciples, amen? Uh, So if you're available to disciple, make sure you let your fellowship leader know. We don't want to, we're gonna pray for fruit, and we need to preserve that fruit, okay? We wanna win souls, but we wanna see them grow into maturity. Uh, then once you finish with discipleship, you go on to D2. We call that now foundations two and three. It's two semesters in our LFBI class. Go ahead and bring up the stat for that. Uh, this year we had 90 people training to be disciple makers in, in LFBI. They just finished up the discipleship lessons with their discipler and, and now they're training to be disciples. We're projecting out of this year, this, this last calendar year, that we'll have a total of 66 new apprentices, new disciplers that are trained and ready to come online and be part of the discipleship workforce. Okay, so 200 people discipling, plus another 100 people in reserve, plus another 60 people coming online. How many disciple makers did we just get to? Huh? Well, there's 300. And we got 60 coming on, roughly 350 people. Man, let's trust the Lord to put most of that group to work this next year, amen? 
And then it doesn't stop there, because you need to learn your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and so LFBI, go ahead and bring up the stats for that. This year, there's, o- there's over 400 students in the Bible school, but over, well over half of those students are, are Midtown Baptist Temple students. Man, praise the Lord. I'm so grateful for that. We've got almost 300 people, 271 of our MBT members are, are serious about learning the word of God for themselves and how to use it in the lives of people. Go ahead and bring up the next slide. Uh, in terms of LFBI itself, there are 470 students in the school. That's a, a smaller increase in total student count over last year. Uh, but it's still close to 6% increase in student numbers. Go ahead and bring up the next point. Uh, 2,000, over 2,000 credit hours taken this last year. That number, I'm hoping, stays small related to the number of students, and here's why. It's designed to be a part-time school for you. Uh, The goal is not for you to get through LFBI as quickly as you can, but to thoroughly get all of LFBI work through you. So it'd be better to take one credit hour at a time and get the content than to try to cram a bunch and not be able to hang on to what you're getting in the Bible school. And so uh, the Lord give you wisdom and discernment in how you move forward. Go ahead and bring up the next point. Uh, So we've got almost 470 students from 68 different churches. We've got almost 70 churches sending students to LFBI to get trained. That's a 13% increase. Last point, Uh, this year, 77 Point six, right? So, so seventy-seven thousand six hundred dollars uh, came in in do- donations. Almost that amount came in in terms of tuition. You say that's the school's running on donation. Yeah, it's absolutely. That's like any other school out there. Uh, we charge forty dollars a credit hour, unheard of, uh, but that's what the, the 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 Bible school charges. And so that's one thing that you could be praying about. Uh, You could be praying about, this is one way to own the Great Commission. Uh, You ought to consider looking at LFBI as a strategic missions multiplier. You can support a minister, uh, a minister, a a missionary to another part of the world, and we should do that, right? That's strategic. But you could also support a whole bunch of ministers and training that could go all over the world. And so be praying about that, because frankly, uh, the school's capacity does need to grow, uh, we're still waiting. We need to, we need to hire a couple more people uh, for the Bible school because it needs to multiply. And so be praying about that. How, how would you prayerfully but also financially support uh, a growing ministry school that's training ministers all over the world? Another thing that you can do is enroll in LFBI. This next semester, go ahead and bring up the, the, the next course. Okay, so the, yeah, the, the, go to lfbi.org. There's a courses page. It'll look like this. Uh, and, and just enroll for next semester. Pay special attention to the evangelism and missions classes that will be offered uh, this next semester. How are you being accountable in your personal growth in the Word of God? Uh, an LFBI class is a great way to do that. All right, next slide. So, the, you know, over, over uh, the, the, the COVID hiccup, you know, that's church, church mission agenda has really just took a scrambling. You know, it's been, a, it's been a challenge, you know, and then with the travel regulations and all of that, um, you know, we're, we're slowly but surely getting back to a new normal 
Uh, the last time I gave a report like this, I think it was just, just, just over 100, if I remember right, that like 112 or something that went on a mission trip. And so our first year back fully in terms of missions going uh, saw a great increase. We saw 148 people go on 13 different trips. We had nine people do a short stay mission trip. We had eight people go on work trips. And then we had countless of two by two missionary outings. If you went on it, we didn't actually do a good job tracking all of those. If you went on a two by two mission trip, uh, could you just stand up if you were one of those? Uh, you went on a two by two mission trip, uh, stand up whether that was to Laramie, whether that was to Golden, Colorado, Tampa, uh, you were part of a two by two. Some of you are just now standing up. Like, this isn't hard. If you were, if that's you, if I just described you, stand up, okay? Um, ah, see, some of you were just, okay, I'm trying to get a count how many did that. Of course, we don't have everybody here because of the holiday. Uh, so there's a lot of this kind of thing like this that we didn't get counted where people went and they participated. Thanks, guys, appreciate it. Um, but, um, um, here it is, man. Here's the, here's the breakdown. We sent a team to Belfast, and we'll just go through these quickly. Uh, here's the trip to Belfast uh, to work with the missionaries there in Ireland. And then they made their way to London uh, to hang out with the Clarks and to support them. We had teams go to Boston. Uh, there's the ISM, the International Student Outreach in Boston. We also had the worship and the youth get involved. Go ahead and bring up the next slide. Uh, there, that top picture, that's the worship team that went to support uh, Mike and the church there in Boston. And then the youth got in on, on the act. Uh, they sent a, t a, a team and, and took a trip this year. Uh, we didn't have a lot of good pictures for Golden, Colorado. The missions folder was pretty thin. Uh, right there, but, but Rob's in that picture and, and some of our, our, our team is there, but there's a nice picture of downtown Golden. So there you go. Uh, Costa Rica, uh, we had uh, many go to Costa Rica and support the work there. Uh, Laramie, we had, Larry, how many two by two trips went to Laramie over the last year? A bunch, yeah, a bunch, he, he doesn't know either. Okay, so there it is, a lot. <laughs> Three what? Three from, the pig roast. from the pig roast. So three or four, four or five, yeah, 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 a lot. Uh, Nairobi, okay, this first picture is the youth, uh, the youth group there in Nairobi, and then, and then uh, we, we, here's a picture of the adults. Go ahead and bring that next one up. Um, we've, got, we've had several people, if you're part of the Nairobi team that went, just raise your hand, you went on that mission trip. Uh, raise your hand real big. And then the five stayed back, and, and then James hung on for a little bit longer, and right now we got Galvin and Bess there. Uh, David and, and Braden are there right now um, doing Christmas services with, uh, with the disciples in Nairobi, and, and then they'll be helping them with mission focus over this next week, be praying for them, because we got people on the field right now. And then, of course, multiple teams to Tampa. Um, how many work teams did we send to Tampa? Um, I don't know, there were, there, were, there were a few. And then of course the, the outreach in the fall and, and uh, praise the Lord for that opportunity to see a multiplying work in Tampa, Florida. And then we sent an exploratory team to Toronto. Uh, that's the next picture there. And um, did, um, I think we've just got the one slide there for, for Toronto. They're praying about a, a follow-up trip 
uh, to see is this one of the key cities that the Holy Spirit would have us tackle uh, for the Great Commission. Uh, we'll see, be praying about that. And then of course, we're sending a team to Vietnam. Um, we've got a couple of slides there. There's one of the trips up top uh, on the bottom. The, I think that first trip is always the airport arrival trip, uh, that first pick. Uh, go ahead and bring up the next one. I think there's one more. Is there another? Oh, there's not, that's all we have. Oh, so the Vietnam folder was a little, little thin. Got a lot of people taking, got all these. How many people have taken trips to Vietnam? 40, easy, over the last two or three years? And we got two pictures, Andrew. I mean, if there's not pictures, it didn't happen. So we'll have to, we'll have to show the photos at the judgment seat. Okay, so that's, that's just us, you know, stumbling back into <laughs> endeavoring to go over this last year. So help us God by his grace. This is the tip of the iceberg. You remember what we just saw. This, we're, we're what church world calls a medium large church, okay? Um, if Tom Rayner is to, believed, to be believed, our typical attendance in terms of the count is somewhere around 600. Um, but, but then we've got the problem of some people just attend worship, other people just attend fellowship, and, and they haven't learned uh, how to get plugged into the totality of body life here. And so there's some, there's some missing crossover there. So that number is always, whatever we officially count, we already know is officially low by about 50 people. So our average at weekly attendance is somewhere in the mid 600s. Well, if Tom Rayner is to be believed, all of these studies that they do on how church attendance works, what that means in terms of people who view themselves as regular attenders to this local church, there's about 800 people that think that MBT is their local church home. Does that make sense? Um, well, look at the numbers, okay? Well over half, uh, in terms, especially in terms of average attendance, two-thirds to, to three-fourths uh, at any given time are actively engaged in being discipled or they're learning how to make disciples, they're actually engaged in the disciple-making process. Two, two-thirds minimum to three-fourths at any given time. You say, well, how come we don't have all, everybody involved in being discipled or, or making disciples? Well, it takes a while to get a vision for it. You know, it, it takes a minute to, to actually understand God's got a call on your life. He wants to use you for his glory. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that other one-fourth to one-third that's just joining with us trying to figure it out, okay? If you're just joining with us, keep coming. Let God show you how he wants to fitly join you to this local church, equip you and outfit you so that you're gonna take your Bible and blow the minds of the people in your life for God's will, God's glory over their life. God wants to use you. He wants to use you in the context of a local church ministry. He wants to make a member of you, he wants to make a minister of you. This is a local church that's been praying for you. We've been asking the Lord to give us workers for the harvest. So help this body, right? Trust God to show you the vision, to show you his mission, to equip you for it. I mean, I, I pray you can see it, but if you can't, just keep coming till you do because the Bible tells us that the judgment seat of Christ is right around the corner. It's appointed unto man once to die. What comes after that? 
the judgment. Absent from the body is present with the Lord. Man, thank God, praise the Lord for that. Absent from the body is present with the Lord. It's pointed unto man once to die, but after that, the judgment. Will that be a day of rejoicing for us? Will that be a day of sorrow and loss? Romans 14 verse 12 says, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. You're gonna have to talk to God himself about how you invested your life or how you wasted it on just living for yourself. You're gonna have that conversation with God Almighty. Well, I'm desperate that you'll be able to point to at least one other person and say to them, I am so glad you're here, and then point right back at you and say, thank you for sharing Jesus with me, or thank you for discipling me, thank you for showing me how to have a fruitful, productive relationship with Christ. Thank you. Mark it down, okay? In this sense, it's like, it's not even any work. I'm a prophet, okay? And I I can say this because I know what the Bible says. Mark it down, you're gonna give an account to God. Okay, there it is, I'm a pretty weak prophet, I just cheated. (laughs) You're gonna give an account to God. You're gonna have that conversation with him about the life that he gave you, how you stewarded it, how you invested it, and did you just waste it living for yourself? Did you just waste it seeking after the pleasures of sin for a season? Man, at some point, you ought to just be sick and tired of that. At some point, you ought to know that God's looking down over the banister of heaven and saying, there's my beloved son, there's my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. That he's saying to the people in your life, listen to this person. They've got something to say. So I want you to start thinking like a pastor, right? If every member is a minister, every member is to get plugged in in ministry, be a part over this next year helping us to do that. There ought to be a place for everyone. If you see somebody that's just attending, grab them, take them with you, and put them to work, right? Tell them, we need you. We need you involved. If we got people just coming in and sitting in services, hand them a broom, if nothing else, okay? We need you, right? Here, take this mop. Use it for the glory of Christ because we need you to help us be a soul-winning, disciple-making, Leadership, equipping, and sending church. Every member can be a part of seeing fruit at the judgment seat of Christ. Don't don't rest satisfied until you're plugged in. Uh, On the back of your scribble sheet, there is the comms chart that lets you know who is responsible for what area. If you've got a question about any area of ministry, then you're gonna wanna seek that person out. Uh, You can call the church office, uh, you, can, you can typically find contact numbers on the church website, um, but uh, it, it, when in doubt, just call the church office and we'll get you hooked up to the area that you need to be uh, communicating with. We're trusting that you'll join with us in multiplying this local church ministry around the world. Like I said at the beginning of our time together this spring, and Lord willing, if the Lord tarries, um, we're gonna share how our, our growing budget is supporting the work. Um, with all of my heart, I am anxious, <laughs> uh, very eager, very desperate that, that all of you will hear in some way, in some point, in some, in some part of your life, well done right, that there'll be fruit that remains, uh, that you'll have people that are there and fruitful because you trained them to be.
or they're there worshiping Jesus because you led them to Christ, or you are part of a team that led them to Christ. The Bible says that um, the pastors are accountable for the members, right? We're, we're under shepherds to the Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd. Uh, James warns people against the pastorate, be not many masters, because there's a greater judgment for you. And so, you know, I, I went into the pastorate, my eyes weren't closed, I knew this. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with the Lord uh, before, I ended, before I ended up in the pastorate countless conversations. Lord, you know I love you and I'll do whatever you want. Uh, I'll do anything except be a pastor or a missionary. Uh, I, I wanna serve you from a really good job making a lot of money. That's what I wanna do, right? And I'll be generous with my tithes and offerings and uh, whatever church I'm a part of, the youth group will have access to my Olympic size pool, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I'm all in in terms of supporting, but the last thing you know, you, Lord, and I would try to manipulate God, you know, like, Lord, I know you love me, and you wouldn't ever want me to do anything that I don't want to do. <laughs> One of the reasons, you know, I'd, I'd seen some pastors really uh, bitterly disappoint me growing up. I, the church that I grew up in um, was destroyed by a pastor who was a thief, um, you know, he's sleeping with all the wrong people, taking what's not his, and, and it just ruptured families, and it was just horrible. I saw a pastor uh, who later replaced him, who had the work ethic of a slug, <laughs> and I just, honestly, I didn't respect the pastor. I, I had the, the opinion that, that people who pastored, they did so because they couldn't do anything else. And, uh, and I, you know, for whatever reason, I didn't want to make that the Lord's fault, but, but the other thing is, is a pastor is accountable for the people that he's leading. And if you're coming to this local church and you are passively listening to words from this pulpit, I just want to tell you, you've been warned, that's an error, okay? We're training together because our king has called us to a work that is beyond our capacity, beyond our ability, but so help us God by his grace, we're gonna go get him what he wants for his birthday. And so help us God by his grace. Every member is going to be a part of that. And I'm telling you, at the judgment seat of Christ, when you're giving an account for yourself, of yourself, of your life before God, uh, I will throw you under the bus. <laughs> I mean, I don't 100% know how it's gonna work, but let me just tell you what's in my heart. At the judgment seat of Christ, whenever you're given an account, I'm gonna be standing right over here, right beside you, and I'm gonna be like, Lord, I told him. Let's go to the sermon finder right now. I know it's there, I know I covered this, and I know I told them. I don't know what's wrong with them, why they weren't listening, why they weren't, why they weren't taking you serious. I tried. In other words, I think what's, I love you. <laughs> and what I really wanna hear is, is just, just you rejoicing at the judgment seat of Christ. And then I will say, thanks for letting me help. Thanks for letting me be a part. Thanks for letting me help. Thanks for letting me support them. Uh, but otherwise, I am, 
I am, I am throwing you under the bus at the judgment seat in Jesus' name. I told him. I, told, I, don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> right? That's what's in my heart. I'm not saying I'm a particularly righteous guy or courageous guy, <laughs> uh, but that's what's in my heart. I'm warning you. You're gonna give an account at the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. It's all real, do the math, okay? Do the math. We're here, there's a God. The only thing that ever came from nothing is nothing. That's all that ever, that's all that ever will. Ask Mary Poppins, she'll tell you. Everybody knows this, even Mary Poppins, okay? We're here, it's amazing. Of all sacred literature, there's only one book stands alone. The only person that could have wrote the Bible is someone from the, from the future, wrote it way down, I mean all down, way back in the past. The only way you get a Bible is somebody cheated. It's a supernatural book, okay? There's just too much fulfilled prophecy. There's too much, there's massive amounts of prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes. This next year, uh, there's a couple things that we have to do. We gotta finish up Genesis if the Lord tarries. We need to have another emphasis on our nine ministry principles. We need, we're, we're overdue for that. Uh, we'll have to get back into Proverbs at some point on Tuesday nights. We wanna finish that book. But we're way overdue for a prophecy series. The last prophecy series we did was back in, in 2012. We're overdue. Uh, it is freaky what's happening in the world. You got so much Bible being fulfilled right before your very eyes, okay? There is a God, you will stand before him, you're going to give an account for your life. I'm desperate that you'll have fruit. I'm desperate that you'll be rejoicing at the judgment seat. Please, we've got a plan for you to be fruitful. We've got a plan for a local church ministry to multiply. Join with us, will you come to Mission Focus this week? If, you, if you're hindered, will you get the sessions online? Uh, let's get a mission mindset. Let's get a vision for this plan. Let's give Jesus what he wants for his birthday. Amen? Man, I love you guys. Merry Christmas. Can we get the worship team to come up? Let's worship the Lord. For some of you, man, if you need to commit your life to being part of the Great Commission with this local church, man, I wanna invite you to come down and you just get on your knees down front here. We'll have one of our pastors, uh, one of our elders uh, pray with you and pray over you. If you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, then come give your heart and life. Start there. Give, give him you, okay? Give your, surrender your life to Christ on Christmas. If you need prayer for a family member, if you've got some situation in your life that you're wrestling with, come on. Um, we wanna meet with you. We wanna pray and counsel with you. Let's worship together. If you have a need, you come right now.